0: We may have not been nominated in the Australian Podcast Awards, but you can still vote for The Champagne Comedy Podcast in the 2021 Listener's Choice Award category. Cast your vote at australianpodcastawards.com/vote and search for Champagne Comedy.
1: Thank you, Norman, yeah, for your rendition of our theme, and welcome to episode 29 of the Champagne Comedy Podcast, where we talk about the best Australian comedy show of the 90s ever made, The Late Show, and other Degeneration comedy tidbits. My name is Matt, and joining this podcast today is Alison, Daniel, Kim, Pru and Tony. We have a full house, which is fantastic. Let's get straight into it, shall we? And We'll start with Kim.
0: As you know, there's a a little bit of a corruption inquiry going on with uh, Gladys Berejiklian and uh, her ex-boyfriend, Daryl Maguire. Um, And when Daryl was questioned by ICAC ICAC, um, last week, um, it kind of sounded quite familiar, the answers that he was giving, um, which were kind of monosyllabic, kind of. Yes, no answers.
2: You and I both use the phrase close personal relationship, or in your case, very close personal relationship. I take it that that included a close emotional attachment? Uh, yes, we had our moments, but yes. Um, you loved her? Yes. So far as you could ascertain, she loved you as well? Yes. You holiday together <laughs> from time to time? Yes. You get a key to her house? Yes. You contemplated marriage, yes, with her, yes, there was discussion about potentially having a child, yes, there was a relationship, I take it that was attended by a level of physical intimacy. Yes. Is your position as a member of parliament to gain benefits for you and persons close to you, correct? I think the term was pain in the ass, yes. You're prepared to adopt the pain in the ass term, is that right?
3: Yes.
2: You were being a serial pest both to Minister Ayres and to Treasurer Bearer Jiclin associated with that project. Yes. Well, not a bad performance for Shadow Treasurer. Wouldn't you agree, Mr Dawkins? Yes.
4: Oh, shut
0: up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my poor editing skills there, but... Uh, oh, no, they, they weren't edited at all. That was genuine. <laughs>
5: Yes. That's just not a good interview, is it? You've got to ask open ended questions. That's right. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So basically, I just immediately thought, oh,
5: <laughs> that sounds
0: really familiar. But I have to admit, I did steal that from uh, Jonesy and Amanda because they mentioned that on their morning show uh, the other day. And they said it sounded a little bit um, similar to Meatloaf's Hot Summer Nights intro. But uh, I immediately
1: thought, this is dead. So. <laughs> That is champagne podcast comedy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if you don't understand, it's, um, it's in the first season. I can't remember which episode it was. It took me ages to find <laughs> I still didn't write it down. The one where you, they talk about um, the different positions and the, uh, the tax. <laughs> 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 Do you know what
5: I'm talking about? So Here's the yes. thing.
1: Yes. <laughs> See, here's the thing. We've been doing all the recaps. We're into season two and we can't even bloody remember which episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: <laughs> well, put it somewhere on Facebook yeah, or Meta yeah, or whatever probably. you want to call it these days.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So uh, now speaking of our podcast episodes, uh, from the episode 28 where we had Azura Project's uh, Shannon on and... We also had a request from a listener. So here's a short little recap. Listener Leonard wants to hear good old competition further guy and yes. <laughs> take on Franco Cozzo? Yeah? Cozzo. Franco oh, Yeah, well, mm-hmm. he kind of wanted to hear the two of them have a one-on-one together. So this is the result.
6: Grand style, grand style, grand style. <laughs> I don't know where I can come. In can and Footstrap, um, Franco Cozzo, have the pleasure to present to you Il Modernissimo. What do you think they are going on competition further? Bedroom seats, dining room, and wonderful layout. Why don't you come for yourself and have a look this magnificent? Okay, going on competition further. Il Modernissimo, <laughs> only campaign from Franco Cozzo. Mm. <laughs> Seriously.
3: You- you put a drum beat under that, and you could release that as like a twelve-inch. That's just that will bring the house down. That's fantastic.
5: The mashup we didn't know we needed. Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, I knew I needed that.
2: Yeah, well,
1: guess what I've got and done. Oh, no. <laughs> you in fact put a drum beat
7: under that. Well,
1: Yes, I might have. And just a reminder that you know Franco has nothing to do with the late show, but he is Melbourne icon, obviously. So. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is going to evolve a little bit more, but let me just load in a special champagne comedy remix into my cassette player.
5: Yep, there
4: we go.
1: <laughs> grand side, grand side, grand side. I don't
6: know. Where? I think I'm. in France we can put, drive. put drive. Land, land. Bedroom, land, land. room dining room and wonderful land. Why don't you come for yourself? I know. <laughs> <laughs> this magnificent. Il modernissimo. only campaign from Franco Costa. Five of Franco Costa. Megalo, 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 megalo. What do you think that we're not competition? I don't down I don't I don't know. I don't know. at the present time, we are too many. Parliament members, Strasbourg's trade room. That's nothing. Look at him. He looks like a schmata. Schmata. <laughs> this has to be going but for 150 years. The song different from 150 years. They changed the song for nothing. You the yet. Mm. Mm. And I got a nice cup of tea, my dog so so dog. Discussed
5: that yesterday, I was on a bus trip to Bow. One sits down, one stands up I'm very, well I'm very well known, I'm very well known I'm very well
6: known I'm available, but I'm real hard to get <laughs> <laughs> a Good day from uh, Dominic Now oh, wait no. no, I'm not Miss, miss Sir. <laughs> I like
2: that
3: no idea. It's all too confusing. Oh, we
2: are yeah, no. I think we'd have to sing a song about a new flag. You know, one with like a... It's just like a bum with a fist coming out of it. Buddy Jeff Kennett.
6: Grand style, grand style, grand style. I know where I can come. In France and footstripe, footstripe. Bedroom, suite, Black, glass. Dining room. Black, black. And wonderful land. Why don't you come for yourself? And then look this magnificent? Il modernissimo, only compound from Franco Costa. Five from Franco Costa. Megalo, 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 megalo. What do you think on competition
4: Oh, that's excellent.
1: Amazing. I'm going to get sued, aren't I? <laughs>
5: Over the feel good hill of the summer? No way. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I had to make up for a product of its time.
5: <laughs> That's the B
8: side or the A side? The A side, yeah.
1: As someone I'm... said on our uh, Champagne Comedy Facebook group, that we've got two songs out now. We just need more to get five more in a row. <laughs> yeah.
8: I am kind of grateful it doesn't have the E or E or guy.
1: Uh, I did originally have it in the edit, and then I removed it because it did get really, really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> now We've got a bit of a correction daniel oh Hopman. yes <laughs> now this is from a regular contributor listener daniel Hotman. he did make uh, a comment saying in reference to daniel g's comment yes. about the celebrity wanting shall i stop now no 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 keep going <laughs> all right about the celebrity <laughs> wanting to sing a madonna song uh this was for the musical finale it was actually tony bonner and not norman yem which
5: Yeah, Tony Bonner, Madonna. I don't know how I made that mistake because I don't know how many times I would have listened to that uh, DVD commentary. It just totally slipped my mind. So thank you, uh, 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 yeah, the the other Daniel there on Twitter. And, um, yeah, we sincerely regret the error. That's what Backchat is all about.
1: (laughs) And also, uh, as a summary too, because when we've recorded this episode, we are one day out left of all our competitions such as the sticker and pin set and also the chances box set sorry I said chances (laughs) the winners will be announced in a separate little episode in the podcast feed so uh, make sure you stay subscribed and we'll let you know the end results from there I've got the paper (laughs) Daniel G and his program guide
5: thanks Matt uh, so we're looking at what's up against Season 2, Episode 9, and this comes from Ross Warnicki's Critical Guide, which uh, comes every Saturday in The Age. Uh, so we get to hear what Ross Warnicki thinks about uh, The weekend's TV. So I'll start with Channel 7. Uh, at 8.30, they had the film The Blues Brothers, uh, starring John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Warner, he says, good music from the likes of Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin cannot compensate for the absurdity of this 1980 chase movie that owes much to the style of Abbott and Costello. Oh my I'm, god! I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 very surprised that that he he only likes this movie for the music. Oh
1: jeez! Although god, yeah, he's such a wet you, blanket.
8: Imagine <laughs> not you, when... liking the blues brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it,
7: it is. I I watched it recently, and, and watching it as someone in in your forties, it is it is kind of absurd, but <laughs> but, but it's also heaps of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, so, it's
1: good absurd fun.
3: Well, yeah. yeah, that's kind of yeah. When you say absurd, most people think fun, not like head scratching befuddlement, which is what I'm <laughs> getting <laughs> out of it.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of wondering through what lens uh, Ross Warnicky watched this. Fish <laughs> <laughs> eye. All right, uh, moving on to Channel 9. Uh, At 6.30 we've got Hey Hey It's Saturday and they have quite a packed uh, roster uh, this evening. Uh, Starting with Danielle Gaha performing Do It For Love. Now, yes, this is the sister of Eden Gaha, who at the time of uh, this Late Show episode uh, was the host of Vidiot, 5.30 weeknights on the ABC and was later immortalised on the Martin Malloy album Poop Shoot with the uh, phrase check it out, Eden Gaha's got his hand up a cow's ass. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, that Eden Gaha Mm -hmm. Uh, we also had the deadpan comedy stylings of Elliot Goblet Uh, the baby animals performing Don't Tell Me What to Do, Uh, we had Tiffany Lamb and Meatloaf as judges for Red Faces Lamb and Meatloaf (laughs) 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 I I, I assume Red was the three veg (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got to have something for the vegans. <laughs> Meatloaf performed, I would do anything for love, but I won't do that, uh, with Patti Russo, uh, according to the intro from Daryl Summers, for the very first time in the world. But uh, very infamously, um, I haven't watched the 50th anniversary special, so I don't know if it came up in there. But uh, uh, infamously, Meatloaf missed his cue and went, time out, time out, stop, uh, start this over prompting Daryl to do the intro again, saying, for the second time in the world. Then we had uh, Tina Turner in a pre-recorded interview with Daryl and then finishing off with Tim Finn performing Persuasion. na 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 You know that song. <laughs> uh, and then at 8.30, uh, the film seems like old times. Uh, it's a 1980 screen adaptation of a Neil Simon farce that has some appeal says Warnicke, Goldie Horn is the lawyer, Charles Roden is her new spouse come district attorney, and Chevy Chase is the ex-husband who needs legal help after being forced to commit a bank robbery. And where does he turn? To Goldie. Unquote.
1: I've actually got that on DVD, that movie. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm a Chevy
5: Chase fan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, uh, speaking of of Chevy Chase, about this time in 1993... He's about to start doing his um, infamous uh, late-night talk show on the Fox network because I've, I've been reading a whole bunch of stuff in the, the Fairfax guides about how it's coming soon. It doesn't start till about September, but uh, we've got that to look forward to anyway.
8: Well, it's actually got Charles Grodin in it. I take that um, awful laugh back. Sounds like it'd
5: be good. I might go watch it. <laughs> Certainly less absurd than The Blues Brothers, according to uh, <laughs> Ross Warnecke. Now, on Channel 10, we've got uh, another BL Striker telling movie. It's at the later time of 10 pm uh, due to Rugby Union Live from Sydney, Australia versus South Africa. Uh, Spoiler alert, the Springboks won 19 to 12. Private Eye Striker, played by Burt Reynolds, goes to the aid of a childhood friend, now a Middle Eastern queen, being stalked by assassins. Um, Season one, episode two, titled Carol Ann. Then over on SBS, we've got, at 9.30, the uh, 1950 French movie La Ronde. Ross Warnicki says that it's interesting, but in the end, unsatisfying. Based on the Arthur Schnitzler play, uh, that is a series of 10 connected episodes concerning love and morality, Oscar-nominated and winner of the British Academy's Award for Best Film. Uh, the cast includes Simone Signoret, Simone Simon and Daniel Dario. For some reason, uh, this French film just loves eliteration uh, for some odd reason. <laughs> and um, the SBS marketing department, uh, again, put it so much more succinctly. A puppet master, a sexual merry-go-round romper room for adults? Question mark? <laughs> that leaves us with the ABC. So the lead in at 9 30 was uh, Birds of a Feather. I do? So this is uh, season two, episode six, titled Mice. Uh, when Tracy organizes a party to sell perfume, Sharon finds some great uh, some gate crashes. Mice. Tracy is absolutely disgusted by the state of Sharon's bedroom and it seems that her poor levels of hygiene have spread throughout the house when they discover the house is infested with mice. After completely blitz-cleaning the house and filling it with rat rat poison to no avail, Sharon buys a cat to remove them, which also does not work, unfortunately. Eventually, Sharon contacts a pest controller who reveals that he has been at Dorian's house trying to get rid of a major mice infestation and that the source of the mice is at her house. So quite literally in this episode, Dorian is a dirty cow. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Yay! You- you- yes! found-
0: Alison, how well, did he go how did he go this well,
7: week? Well, um I- I'll give him seven this week.
5: <laughs> <laughs> out of
7: ten, out of ten, not out of fifty like
5: Bernard does. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Then at 10 o'clock, The Late Show, the listening from Ross Warner, he just says, again, matter-of-factly, satire and sketch comedy from Melbourne's D-Gen. Now, after The Late Show at 11 o'clock is... Again, it's something quite interesting. What the ABC puts on after The Late Show has sort of ranged from interesting stuff like a dramatisation of the Oz magazine trial to a dramatisation about the Lockerbie bombing. Um... What they've got at 11 o'clock is an episode of um, a British series looking uh, at comedy called Funny Business. Um, Everybody seems to remember the first episode, which is a lecture about visual comedy written and performed by Rowan Atkinson. Now, this one is episode five from the six part series titled A Question of Taste. Uh, From religion to sex to language, comedy has always pushed the boundaries of taste. This is a mockumentary-style film about the making of a documentary about offensive humour. And um, thankfully, this one is available on YouTube if you want to look at it. Um, But I'm also wondering how on earth the ABC would have aired this because uh, this is the warning that accompanies the BBC version that aired... Uh, In December 1992, this is uh, what you see, first of all, on YouTube.
0: Now on BBC Two, funny business parodies the dilemma that documentary makers face in trying to define the boundaries of taste in comedy. As some of the interviews and performances are used to illustrate the problem of what is acceptable on the screen, they contain explicit language and ideas which may
5: well offend. Ideas that may offend... I don't think I've ever heard that at all in in a warning. Yeah. To be fair, um, yeah, there are a lot of f words in them. Some of them are bleeped and some of them are unbleeped. So I've got a feeling that some of it might be about context. And yeah, I mean, I don't think there would have been any unbleeped f words uh, on Australian TV, considering where a year past Australia's naughtiest home video is getting yanked off the air. So yeah, this this is a a, a mockumentary uh, yeah, about a, a BBC crew trying to make a documentary about outrage. So they play ex- excerpts and also interview uh, some uh, stand-up comedians like uh, Roy Chubby Brown, uh, Stephanie Podge, yeah, and uh, also Bill Hicks as well. Uh, and they also um, do things like uh, tell African-American jokes to African-Americans and you know, tell Muslim jokes to um, around a mosque uh, with varying results. And it has basically this, this very surprising denouement, I'll call it. Um, it's an appearance by John Cleese. It only lasted about 30 seconds. And without trying to sound like the whinging Pom sketch from last episode, um, yeah, this is truly as you have never seen him before. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I won't spoil it for you, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's there for you to look on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, funny business, a question of taste. And you can also find uh, that Rowan Atkinson episode um, of uh, Funny Business on YouTube as well with the YouTube hallmark of quality Dutch subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember so, watching
7: the Rowan Atkinson one when it went out um, on the ABC, but I don't remember any of the other ones. So I'm, I'm really interested. I'm definitely going to be looking this up on YouTube.
5: Well, yeah, it's, it's certainly it's, it's a more interne- entertaining version of... Um, uh, remember, it might have been a year or two back, there was a Sky News uh, Australia special about the death of the Aussie larrikin. It's sort of a bit like that, but a lot more entertaining, and it sort of doesn't... You, you never hear anything about cancel culture in this. It's just more about offence, and sort of it doesn't, it doesn't deal too much about what the consequences of that offence might be. So after that, uh, at midnight, we've got The Full Wax, uh, a BBC chat show starring Ruby Wax, then uh, the ATVI news at 12.30, and if you're still awake by then at 1am, uh, you've got Rage uh, featuring The Cure. Now, What's just all before... That What's all that about? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And that's the program guide. Uh, back to you, Matt.
1: Thank you very much, Daniel. Now, let's move on into the episode we are covering, which is Season 2, Episode 9 of The Late Show, broadcast on Saturday, July 31st, 1993. And we have a cold opening... Uh, which is more or less a mini documentary in a way, uh, which is all about Des Keegan in power. Uh, a documentary based on the Balls Club coming apart because of Des. A little mm. bit like a Cracker
8: Jack prologue.
1: Thank you. Well, you're going to say exactly
3: what I'm going to yeah. say, aren't you?
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
7: so it's got, it's go a parody on Parody
3: of some. I don't. It would be Labour in power, was it? Yeah, yeah. Labour. That's power. the one. Yeah, Labour it, in a, power.
5: It's a five-part five series that just finished screening like a couple of weeks ago on the ABC.
7: And it was a documentary about the, the Hawke government, basically. And so all all of the key players are interviewed, including the current Prime Minister, Paul Keating, Bob Hawke, all the major ministers, and it was a really fascinating, well-reviewed documentary. And and this is this is transplanting that idea into a bowls club. I, I think the the issue that I have with this sketch is that I feel like it needs to be it feels like maybe it was one of those those kind of long documentary style sketches that they made a lot of and you, and you sort of feel like they've cut it down quite a lot and so you feel like you're missing some of the context of this and you, and you don't quite get what's going on. so I'm, I'm kind of wondering if it was originally intended to be
3: longer. I, I just kind of think it needed some more jokes. <laughs> Yeah, that too. Yeah, the one bit I found I was laughing at was the guy who couldn't remember who he was
4: when yeah. kept <laughs>
3: back. And like, it was like you need one or two more bits like this. Where just...
8: <laughs> what you you didn't like the ten pin bowls reveal oh, at the, the end?
3: end was good. <laughs> yeah,
8: <laughs> I um, love this sketch because at the time in probably '93, my grandparents started to muscle their way into. Um, power positions at their local <laughs> bowls club <laughs> and like there was a lot of politics around my grandfather becoming the secretary and must you know like shouldering someone else out of the way and oh my <laughs> god and just looking back on it, just, it was like a memory because <laughs> nowadays I walk past these bowls club um in particular there's one really close to me in St Kilda and I just think fucking hell where is that prime bit of real estate gonna be handed back to the people. <laughs> like I, I feel like balls clubs are a blight on South society now. Oh.
7: So so you're you're on the John Clark character's side in Crackerjack, are you? <laughs>
8: <laughs> I just think it's a relic of the past
7: and oh, you know come
1: on. but they've got beer at genuine nineteen seventy two prices. <laughs> Who knows? Because you can't really go in there.
8: Unless <laughs> you
7: want to play basketball yeah,
5: bowls
1: on a
8: Tuesday <laughs> or something.
5: <laughs> uh, so yeah, personally, um, yeah, this uh, labour and power piss take is sort of all right, but um, piss talky. I, Sorry, that's for you. <laughs> that's for later. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, but uh, but uh, I, I think the the John Clark and Brian Dorr, uh, uh, sketch about labour and power does it so much better and so much quicker as well.
1: Look it up. After the opening titles, we've got the opening remarks with Tony and Mick on stage, and it's all about TV theme tunes. Now, this whole intro is pretty much on the best bits DVD, so one of the best intros that they've done. Uh,
8: Absolutely, I think this intro is deserved of the best bits.
1: Yeah. Title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, in regards to the whole "Murder She Wrote" theme. In- <laughs>
6: headless corpse in the gun
1: and then it does lead into Tony wearing achy bracky heart apparel
0: and the highest waist of <laughs> <dad>. <laughs> my god how high were those pants
1: you know what I did find amusing is that because of this VHS recording that we all... Watched our own tapes and stuff like that. There was an extended little bit of the Thailand story.
4: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, man, yes. mainly,
1: mainly towards the end, just after when every time they spoke and it ended up in the transmission yeah, problem. Mm. Yeah, the transmission problem. Yeah. So after that, and then in the DVD, all the best bits. It cuts to Tommy G smoking a pipe. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's this bit here. I wouldn't have thought. You,
5: I wouldn't have thought that was possible. The old human tennis ball machine. I just no, didn't think haven't. that was really that was
4: what happened. <laughs> today, but look.
8: Just the visual image of that. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, probably worthy of the snip, really.
5: <laughs> yeah, on, on, the, on, on the the DVD, this section uh, where yeah, Mick goes to talk about something that uh, happens in Thailand uh, that should stay in Thailand, um, yeah, it's all the, – the, the cuts to the, the transmission brake slide and all that are very quick, but, yeah, it sort of seems – uh, watching it uh, live on VHS, it sort of seems like they were waiting for the, the the director to to cut away to the slide, and it just sort of seemed to not be happening as quick. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then, and then also, I don't know whether you've got a grab of this, uh, Matt. Uh, what they find behind the couch? Mm.
2: Yep. (laughs) You realise there's a strange man behind our couch.
5: (laughs) Come out, strange man! Come come out, sir! Come on, up your couch. There's somebody behind your couch. What the hell are are you (laughs) doing? Ladies and (laughs) gentlemen, If so I'm mistaken, it's the butcher of Baghdad. most people
1: find like 20-cent bits and broken combs down the back of their couch, but we've found a tyrannical ruler!
4: <laughs> <That's
1: so laughs> I knew I said, I'm off you he go. He's not in his shit-magnet costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, don't stop, <laughs> Outrageous.
8: Yes, I agree. <laughs> but he is wearing a um, very limited-edition long-sleeve yeah. white shirt top, which was yeah. uh, yeah. not available yes. for retail.
5: <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's uh, props guy Alf Camilleri hiding behind the couch ready to hand uh, cigarettes to uh, uh, Tony and Mick and... Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a fair amount of spontaneity to this, uh, which is always great for live TV. Um, and, you yeah, I've, I've, I've got a feeling that Tony and Mick might have uh, planned this uh, beforehand just to, uh, just to embarrass the heck out of you. I
8: couldn't figure out why he was there. Was he, was he handing them cigarettes or...? I would think so, yeah. Right, it, okay. But it, but the,
5: the, 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 the transmission uh, brake slide wasn't up that long the second time from memory.
4: Yeah.
1: Well, okay. They did talk about uh, some Gisborne dude? Is it Gisborne or Gibson?
5: Uh, Gisborne. Yeah, G- G- Gisborne, Victoria. Um. Uh. But yeah, I-, I couldn't find any information about. Uh. Yeah. This uh, nutcase who's done all of these crazy renovations, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. And it was just an
1: image of a spaghetti motorway. And yeah, that's a, that, that's apparently his driveway.
5: Yeah. For John Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: But also people don't like their intros, so they decide to... Put that to bed! Yeah, Put it to bed! I think we can, meet because people Put don't realise...
4: What was that? Put, Put it, it
8: to,
1: to bed! bed. <laughs> Great grab. But this is where it gets really uh, nerdy for Tony in regards to movies, because they decide to go, all right, we're going to show that we're a proper, you know, duo intro type thing, so they decide to go out and do something mature, and that is protest disgusting movies at the cinema. <laughs> especially this Salo film oh my god yeah. I saw
8: Salo yeah oh my god you've got no, it no I saw it was... with a friend well, we worked together can... and I was scarred for life is, is this
1: the 1993 version of Short Bus or well, oh, well, this wait, this this film, Salo. No,
7: I my husband actually owns this twice. He's got a DVD version <laughs> here, and he's got the Blu-ray. Now, wow. that, well, they're not that, yours; they're your husband's. They're, I just I just want to point out they're not mine. Yeah. I have watched them, but anyway, Salo um, was actually released in 1975. It's an Italian film by Pasolini. It it's a it is it is a satire on fascism, right? Um, it's It's subtitled though and this this may give a hint as to why people protested it is the one hundred and twenty days of Sodom. Right. So so let's just say that things get a bit um, interesting. Um, th- there's, a very, there's a very infamous scene, which I'm not going to describe on this podcast, which happens towards the end. There are also some other scenes which are equally disgusting, but in different ways. Um, so what interests me about the Salo protest is, is it, was it re-released in cinemas in 1993 for some reason? What happened oh, in Australia was, it was, oh, you it,
3: it, was ba- it was banned. There was a really narrow window where it wasn't banned, and this must have been when they were protesting. Then it went back to being banned. It was unavailable in Australia for years. They eventually got it released, but it's only allowed to be released in context, so you can't just have a DVD with Salo. It's got to be Salo and a lengthy (laughs) documentary-slash-commentary explaining (laughs) what you're seeing. (laughs) I, I didn't have the foresight to bring my three copies along.
4: <laughs>
7: <laughs> I, I'm you know, I'm now reading the back of this to see if it's got this this explainer on it. No, the, it's the got Australian
3: a... <laughs> if you want to pause, I can go find my copy, which is the Australian you know, release that has this stuff with it. I'm not they may have given up now, but it was a big deal at the time and it was when I was reviewing DVDs. And yeah, no, it was a big deal that they could release this, but only with Sort of commentary. It's like you can only get American Psycho in Australia if it's wrapped in plastic because it's too toxic for local readers. And this is the same kind of thing. And yeah, I assume um, I could be wrong because I've done no research as usual. But there was a brief period where it was legal to watch it, and I'm thinking this is when they had their protests.
0: And they asked asked Tony to um, write the commentary. I'm imagining not enough Norgs. Pretty much to <laughs> <sum it up. laughs>
3: They're outside Carlton's Track Cinema as well, so RIP. Is in it? I think to it's Turak, actually. Turak, no, you're right. Yeah, down And it, road. it's sad
8: because I never... It's closed. Both cinemas that they stand in front of are closed now. And Greater the Union, Gre- I think, was quite famous and
3: wonderful. The but, Greater Union is completely gone now. Yeah. Hotel,
8: but so I right? never went yeah. to Track, so I'm kind of... I went,
3: I went to Track a few... You had to go through the shopping centre. It was, like, at the back of this shopping centre. But it was your, your bog-standard 90s art house cinema. So if you, you went to the Lumiere or, you know, the Kino, you, you basically know what the track was like.
5: Right. Although uh, also screening at, at the track, according to the signage there, something called Sumo Do, Sumo Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw <thought> that. <laughs> as well as uh, Jurassic Park coming September 1 and School Ties.
4: Oh,
0: school
5: oh, ties, I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, it it was, was like
4: the,
0: the, the mm-hmm. Poor Man's Dead Poet Society.
8: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser? <laughs> yes, yeah, it was too. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just the final bit when they're down in the park with the yeah. placards, my favourite one, is down with deciduous. <laughs> 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 well,
7: they also protest cool and the gang. Um, <laughs> <you> know, <there's laughs> too much cool, not oh, enough, yeah, gang. Not enough and, gang. And there's a... There's of other films they protest but you know you get the idea. But I, yeah, will, like I will just
8: say about this intro that because we know it's great and obviously it's on the best bits but one of the whole things about this episode is it's a really neat and tidy episode like it's just got a really great pace to it and mm-hmm. although it's not mm-hmm. one of the greatest episodes of all time it is really really good and it has a lot of good segments mm-hmm. in it and I think it, it's just because it starts so well there's this really great intro and you, it's got a it keeps the momentum going because yeah. some intros are a bit iffy and you think oh it'll get better you know um but this one's amazing and i think it does the whole episode really great service
3: yeah i think if you were looking to introduce someone to the late show as as the late show rather than a bunch of sketches this is a really good episode to show people because it like every sketch is good it really mm-hmm. sort of Everything hits.
7: And now it's over to the news desk with Tommy G.
1: Now, I'm just going to go straight into the direct to the point things with this one because of. The Camille Rouge receive an unexpected call.
2: It's John Blackman from
3: Telecom Mobile then. Yeah, who's that? We're going to do one of those jokes every week for the rest of the series.
0: <laughs> every funny, few minutes,
4: rather.
8: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love
4: that Tommy G was
3: on
8: autopilot, just <laughs> <laughs> letting the jokes write themselves with John Blackman bits. <laughs>
7: thing, thing is, thing is about the John Blackman mobile net. I laugh every single time, and, I, <laughs> and it's the same joke. I don't, I don't yep. know why. It's just funny every time. Well, so I remember
0: I th- the ad, but I, I don't see where the ad is on, on YouTube. Is it online for us to find? Because I, I remember the ad, but I don't re- I want to hear it again.
7: Well, what, was it, was it a call? radio? I, I sort of always assumed it was a radio promotion mm. or, or something where he would ring different people mm. because there are different, there are slightly different versions of the clip that get played on the late show. So I, I don't know what it was, actually. If
5: anyone knows, write in, tell us. <laughs> <them. laughs> you know, I, th- I think the reason why this recurring gag is so funny each time. Is that it just turns up in all of these unexpected places? You mm. never know when it's going to just uh, spring up on you. I'm going to skip a new
1: story, which is that new Japanese PM one. That one that was pretty. Oh,
8: actually, I really liked the Japanese sketch thing. I really liked the bit where he said um, he was. They were running a campaign of only talking to supporters through a trellis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm glad you've got something for it, yeah. That was just it <laughs> But the the Nazi war trial one we acquit
4: the appellant on grounds of doubt of the charges attributed to him.
2: Unfortunately,
3: there was a cross line on the translation. Today's John Blackman from Telecom.
4: <laughs> <laughs> See,
7: still funny, still funny. It even is, even in think, the
8: context of Nazis, still funny. I think it's so funny because Tommy G is just so relentless with it and that's what's mm. funny. It's like, I'm mm. not going to give up. I'm going to keep dropping this
1: joke. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so the thing is with that one, with that story, damn yeah. new or whatever. see there we go. I failed. But that documentary, when that, played that that there's actually a Netflix documentary based on that guy, where I think it's the neighbor from hell or something like that, and he was found in Cleveland.
4: Oh. Yes.
1: Yeah. Wow. So when they um, did that news story bit, and then they played the. John Blackman bit. I just got. Oh, actually, I know all these stories because the <laughs> documentary is actually quite interesting.
5: So, so is is he not Ivan the Terrible and merely Ivan the Disobedient as uh, Tony jokes? <laughs> <G-drugs? laughs> well, I guess what I get to dust off.
4: <laughs> yeah, the next
5: segment.
1: A product of its time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yes. Which is Archbishop Desmond Tutu.
8: Yeah, Rob Sitch doing blackface. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Was this it, the last
8: oh, yeah.
3: Was this the last sort of blackface sketch on The Late Show?
8: Let's well, hope so. Well, isn't, isn't it weird, though? And this is a spoiler for in a few moments' time. But, like, isn't it weird that you've got the Desmond Tutu impression and then you've got the I'm yeah. not a racist but... Sketch.
0: Yeah, yeah. not realizing oh, that this is just these a types complete... of stereotypes yeah. are perpetuating that mm. whole thing
8: total but, disconnect yeah. from what they were doing in yeah. a way
3: well it was it was very much again a product of its time but there was a, a strong sort of feel in comedy for quite a while that like generic blackface bad specific impression of one individual not as bad <laughs> and, like, you could sort of go, well, you know, mm. I'm not being generically racist. I'm just parroting this one figure in the news that happens to involve me going down the blackface path. And that was sort of seen as, oh, yeah, OK. For quite yeah. a while, like, well into... Well, not well into the 21st century, but, you know, in living memory, that was sort of OK. And then now it's incredibly not.
4: Mm.
8: Yeah, mm. and in defense of Rob, it is actually about this funny gu- voice with a in- really strange mm. inflection. Like, it is actually just about the the whole, <laughs> you've got it, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> here it is. What do we
4: live, <laughs>
7: And that was yeah, um, the, Santo, with the sound, sound man. It's a, it's a bit with the sound man whose ears are bleeding. <laughs> yeah.
5: That that's the best moment, obviously, from this sketch. But yeah, it is. It is so over the top. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this sort of thing that it kind it merely helps uh, raise it above from yeah generic black, blackface
3: uh, as, as you would call mm-hmm. it. And it's very much like a a radio sketch. You can sort of imagine yeah thinking mm. this will be hilarious mm. on radio. We've got to have a visual for it. But the joke is it's a radio joke. It's a guy with a wacky voice going over the top and then some.
0: And he's got his softer moments when he says what the, what the late show does, his love.
4: Yeah,
7: that bit's cut out of the, the video. Oh, that's that a shame yeah. that actually oh, yeah. makes
4: it great. Yeah. Yeah. What the does
8: is laugh. And particularly <laughs> I, I, I the way Tommy G just laughs at him <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I think
0: well, I, actually, I, there's one big happy family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
8: like, I, I feel like this
7: sketch goes a bit longer than it should and, and kind of Rob's like pushing it deliberately in that way that Barry Humphreys just kind of relentlessly drives a joke into the ground. <laughs> I think that's what Rob's doing
1: with this, and, and it kind of gets funnier again as he keeps pushing and pushing well, it. Other news, uh, and I'll just skim through these pretty quickly. New English cricket captain, Graham Gooch, steps down and Mike Atherton takes over. And uh, <laughs> this is more visual because uh, the stumping decision was difficult because of the scrolling text. And even Tommy G was going, thanks for going with this one. <laughs> he was proud of that. <laughs> uh, there Ashes win and... Prince Harry drives Army Tank into southern Lebanon. Mm. (laughs) And also the ABC Performer of the Year. I didn't actually list down who was nominated, but other than...
5: Oh, some classical
1: musicians. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yes. They're they're, they're not as good as the uh, supposed winner.
7: (laughs) (laughs) So great. He should have won. He should have won anyway. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Just have him win every year.
1: That's it. <laughs> we have a commercial now and oh guess what's resurfaced? Uh, It's the Kim Wilson piss take.
7: Yeah, it was sort of inevitable that they'd do a parody of this having sort of trashed it a few weeks previously. So Mm -hmm. nice to see, nice and short as well.
1: Yeah.
8: Yeah, I didn't like this one, actually. I don't know why. Maybe it was just too violent. Too violent? Violent,
0: (laughs) Especially the end. Hit me with a large house brick. Hit
4: me. Hit me. Hit me with a baseball bat. Hit me.
5: Great sound effects.
7: Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> A lot of people slapping pumpkins or whatever you know, <laughs> foley people
1: do to get that sound. We're on stage, and uh, this is where the teaser came in. If you subscribe to our podcast,
2: then out the back, we've got the gymnasium where we train first thing every morning after we eat. We come out and train. Your own gym? Yeah. More foley
5: work. And it's in the gym <laughs> that the real work gets done. Almost 50 years old, Bob Jones is still an awesome fighting machine.
1: And he's just bashing the crap out of the fitness machines. And, yeah, Bob Jones, that was taken from a current affair where Mike Munro just, you know, randomly intrudes into his office. But this is where uh, Judith talks about self-defence and introduces martial arts expert... Bob Jones,
5: hands off! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I
1: love this. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah, subtitled A Unique New System of Self-Defence Against Assault For the Women of Today As uh, Judith points out With Stevie Nicks on the cover Now, uh, when I first saw this sketch I thought it was just Oh, there's someone on the cover And they look like Stevie Nicks So, you know, they're they're, they're just saying that that, that she looks like her It wasn't until a few years ago That I found out No, it's actually Stevie Nicks Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah,
8: so I feel like I need more context. So the clip that you played with Current Affair, Mm -hmm. this is an Australian guy, and was this clip on Current Affair in 93?
1: I don't know what year it was, but I found it on YouTube after doing a search for Bob Jones, and after (laughs) that, bam, it comes up in my frigging suggested videos now, so I'm dominated <laughs> by Bob Jones. <laughs> the, the pain and suffering I go for this podcast, people. So no, it was I don't know what year it was, but it was either A Current Affair or 60 Minutes, but it was Mike Munro doing a full-on piece for Bob Jones and it, I think it might have been late 80s, early 90s. Oh, okay. Going by the style it... and Mike Munro's colour in his hair.
8: Because <laughs> at the in time your... it very much felt like this whole – this. Thing that she, Judith had found this found object was like something that she discovered in an op shop because it was just like completely mm. out of nowhere. No one had any idea who this guy was and what this was all about, and that's what made it so funny at the time.
7: Did in your um, in your search of the internet, Matt? Did you happen to come across bobjones.com.au? No, mm, dot au? I, I
0: think I did see that. Yes. Oh no. Well,
7: yeah. BobJones.com.au is is obviously Bob's website and it talks about who he is and what he's done. And the basic Bob Jones story is that in the late 50s, he he got involved in like sort of concerts and dances and stuff. And he ended up doing security for these dancers. And then he sort of over the 60s and 70s, he developed this into like a security business where they would they would be the security guards at, at concerts and discos and stuff like that. And, and so that was his job. He, he would do security for, for touring musical acts around Australia and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's how he came across people like Stevie Nicks. And he, on the website, he talks about other acts that he's done security for. And that inspired the the self-defence book because he was also really interested in, in martial arts. And so he puts the two together and writes this book, Hands Off. And it, it seems like he's still alive. He, he must be fairly old by now, but I, th- I think his company's still going for, from the, according to this website. Anyway, so so have a look if you want some of the background on it. Well, the actual, that's, it? that's Bob Jones.
1: But because of what you just said, the, uh, I've gone to bobjones.com.au and clicked on 1980s, and bam, the book's right there, and you can see Stevie uh-huh. Nicks kicking in mm-hmm. brackets from Fleetwood Mac training with Bob. and <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. they're yeah. in the balls.
0: It um, <laughs> Frida from Aber is also in the book.
1: Yeah. Oh my yeah. God.
8: But hang on. So you're saying that Bob Jones is the inspiration for Liam Neeson's character in Taken? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> the, I, haven't, the inspir- I haven't seen Taken.
4: <laughs> oh, the
3: inspiration wow. for Kevin Costner's character in The Bodyguard.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now,
3: Judith did bring out the Stevie
1: Nicks quote unquote. Yes.
8: I just love the way the three of them performed this sketch. Like, it, just like they nailed it in rehearsal where it was just like, yep, so, Jane, you're going to come out and sing this shitty version. And we all know that (laughs) Jane could have nailed that. (laughs) And then, you know, Judith just sort of cuts her off. Yep, yep, thanks, Stevie. (laughs) Off you go.
1: (laughs) So good. And out comes Bob Jason Jones.
5: Hands off! Yes, Mr. Bob. Hands off. Jones. <laughs>
7: Bob,
8: you know Stevie, of course, Stevie Bob. Hands off! <laughs> when I went on my schoolies with like five other girls, <laughs> that
0: was You're our right. catchphrase. off! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think Jason actually knew who Bob Jones was, and or is he just kind of imagining what Bob Jones would be like?
1: He does have. That look of that persona doesn't he mm. especially when you go through the website now and <laughs> you see all the images, all you can see is that hands off
0: <laughs> yeah there's a pretty scathing review of the book um in, on one of the, the blogs, just basically thinking that he's just a, a patronizing guy that just thinks he knows best and 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 apparently there's a sealed section in this uh, oh, <laughs> in this book of um basically a, a male anatomy and, and yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> 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 yeah. But, so yeah, you can find it online.
4: Yeah, do not where to wrench it off. Yeah, the think Bob, that makes
8: this sketch is Jason in the street, you know, doing <laughs> just hands offing everyone in the street, mm.
5: <laughs> and and sort mm. of terrifying some of them as well. <laughs> that last part of the sketch with uh, uh, yeah, Jason as Bob, uh, yeah, doing hands off to people in the street. That's um, one of the hidden extras on the Bar Jars and Olden Days DVD. And the really annoying thing, again, this might be pedantry. Pedantry is that uh, if you watch it with the subtitles on, it appears that Bob is saying "hello." Oh, <laughs> oh no! Hands off! According to the subtitles, So I don't know how they got it so wrong.
1: Well, that also backs up my claim about the shit and chick magnet. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> did, did
7: we ever resolve that question? Actana? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: everyone voted for Chick Magnet. But <laughs> everyone... Thank <laughs> you! Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> i got no comment because I want to keep you as listeners. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, for a sketch that's reliant on two words, it really does get a lot of laughs out of those two words. It does, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, it's, you could imagine, like, a, a shoddier show just bringing him back constantly just to turn up, say, hands off. Yeah, it's such lead. a catchphrase. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
8: Oh, and the
0: other and
3: I was...
8: just love the sarcasm from Judith, like, girls, it's full of tits.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> when he just says, all oh, your ladies out there, out there. <laughs> that was the yeah. other bit. <laughs> we always used to say that in hands off.
5: Well, I mean, to to, to be fair, to, to to bring it in a slightly serious context, the fact that it's up to women to have to... Themselves against assault, and not about men to stop assaulting. Mm. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, is, uh, is a is a point that's that's
3: uh, that's not lost on me. But, but, but how glory. do we know that the hands off is not you know advice for men? You know, men hands off mm. <laughs> mm, <makes laughs> from you your vice like
5: grip. Yeah. On the <laughs> One last thing is that we also get an appearance by Myrtle Woods right at the end oh, uh, yeah. as um, Bob Jones's, oh, I don't know what you want to call it, wrestling partner, punching bag, I don't know.
3: <laughs> well, that's the bit with her is filmed on another street because yeah. he's going up Burke Street initially because he goes past the Australian Diamond Company guy who everyone in Melbourne knew for like 30 years. Mm. And then, yeah, they cut away. So I think... I'm not sure where the second bit is filmed. Oh, uh, I think it's yeah. Glen
8: Huntley Road. Okay.
3: Week.
1: I am so glad that you two are based in Melbourne.
3: <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. so grateful. <laughs> it, it, as a sad old man, a big part of the appeal of watching these episodes now is like, oh, the old streets. Oh, I remember <laughs> that. Oh, I oh, exactly. remember <laughs> the Greater <laughs>
8: Union.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: oh, the track cinema. Oh. So many memories. Oh. Oh, you know. 90s oh.
1: Melbourne. Oh. Pretty much. It's now... A song parody, and we have... Yeah, that was Tony doing Snow.
8: Is this not the greatest song parody that The Late Show ever did?
5: (laughs) It's certainly the quickest song parody. Oh, yeah.
8: And one feels like this would have been a radio bit, you know, that he would have done every other minute you know like Tony was really good at this sort of radio but what I love about it is he's got the costume and he goes and does the dance and it's just amazing thank god it's on television forever
0: (laughs) yes I uploaded this on YouTube about 13 or 14 years ago and it's probably one of the most commented on (laughs) things that I've ever (laughs) uploaded it has 71 dislikes and a lot of people are just, like, basically complaining about it.
3: A L- lot of people <laughs> Oh, my likes...
0: God, this
8: sucks. Mama, what
3: you no? <laughs> people like Informer? Gosh. Okay. I
8: think they probably thought they were going to get the real Informer. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
0: think so. My, my partner has the single CD single in the other room.
1: <laughs> There's a, yeah. one comment on here uh, from Chicken Palmer, who wrote this 13 years ago. I've been looking everywhere for Tony's Snow parody. Thank you. So oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
5: and, and, re- and really, I think Tony Mann is a dead enough ringer, if that's the phrase, mm. uh, for, for the actual snow. <laughs> yes.
3: Square headed white man.
1: Here's another comment. Master Awesome ish wrote nine years ago. It lasts 30 seconds. You're all complaining about 30 measly seconds. These are the people who have done the thumbs down. <laughs> uh, what about the, that one before that? The hands off guy, because there's a clip before it. Got any sub... Oh, I'm not going to say that word.
4: What you for to sub? that I can see here. I'll be
1: for that. Got any sub... Critical comments oh. that isn't constructive. That's why the world's in the chocolate right now because of this. I'm complaining about other people complaining. This is really as stupid... Oh, this is easily as stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> in, do in, do
4: the,
7: in the chocolate?
1: That's right. a good phrase. Yeah, in the chocolate. <laughs> Did, in
4: the
7: chocolate... I, I think I think that person's been watching Solo. <laughs> oh, Spoiler alert! Not that I'm. So, Go- know, Google it, it if you need to, everyone. Oh, oh God, Don't don't, do it. don't, don't, do don't it. Google that on your work computer.
3: Okay? Don't Google <laughs> so, Salo full stop.
5: No. So so that that commenter uh, is fine to say, but not fine to say in the shit.
3: <laughs> it's a product of that's its a, time.
5: That's a, that's an odd pro- a choice of priorities. Yeah. But has has anybody actually analyzed the actual lyrics of Informer? <laughs> Too scared yeah. to go near. Yeah, look up me bottom. <laughs> Most uh copies of the music video that are out there um don't have the lyrics scrolling along the bottom, but for some reason the version of the clip that they play on the MTV Classic channel has the English translation running along the bottom. So, like, <laughs> uh, thankfully, uh, I, I transcribed the, the English translation. I don't think even the the words running along the bottom, it's not directly what Snow is rapping. Because he does it in this sort of reggae kind of style that I'm not going to try and replicate uh, here, because... Um, yeah, I'm white. And so snow. So is snow. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I thought I thought I might recite uh, some of the uh, song uh, for you. Police, them come and they blow down my door. One him crawl through my window. So then they put me in the back of the car at the station. From that point on, I reached my destination. Now the destination re- reached was the East Detention. Where they whiffed down my pants and looked up my bottom. Informer, you know, say daddy me snow, I'm gonna blame. A licky boom boom down. Detective man said daddy snow, I stabbed someone down the lane. A lick your boom boom down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All to the backing of Nickelback beautiful. Yeah, I just, I thought, I thought uh, the, the, the only thing that I've got that's really classy and I've got it on physical media, it's the string quartet tribute to Nickelback. <laughs> oh, why do you uh, own this? Yes, why, why? Because, no, we don't, because, I don't want to <laughs> know. Because it was two bucks in an op
3: shop. Oh, I love it so <laughs> there's a lot of things that are two bucks in an yeah, offer. yeah
5: two bucks too many I just couldn't it, go past it
7: do you realise that if you if you had ten British pounds you could buy the Salo, um Blu-ray second hand just, just pointing that out
1: and also if you had five bucks you can buy any questions for Ben on DVD it's brand new <laughs>
0: Well, here I have Snow's Informer CD single that my partner <laughs> bought back back in the day. So this is not my copy. So <laughs> we both have uh, partners who have still. really questionable taste um, <laughs> in various cultural. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> let me just read uh, what's actually on this. You've got Informer Radio Mix, Informer Album Mix, Informer Drum Mix, Informer Clark's Fat Bass Mix, and five Informer Clark Super Mix. Ooh. So mm. I don't know what the difference is between all of them.
8: Let's well, play
0: I mean, them and find the out. Yeah.
8: <laughs> yeah. I don't
0: know where the CD is. Actually. Remember those CD singles
8: used to go for like 48 minutes? <laughs> oh,
1: those were the days. Yeah.
8: But, you know, such was the power of the late show that um, it wasn't until Tony did this impression that I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to reach out to Snow himself, but I realised, <laughs> God, we're, we're better than that. <laughs> did, just... you, did
5: you even try getting in touch with MC Shang, whose part doesn't get subtitled, by the way, on MTV Classic? Yeah. I couldn't
1: do that because, as again, it will tarnish our podcast.
5: I'm, dis- I'm disappointed
7: you didn't reach out to Bob Jones.
1: <laughs> I, I did, but he told me hands off <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's commercial Crime Stoppers time and Mick and Santo You know, praise The whole, actually no They don't, <laughs> don't, don't praise it all they're, they're saying don't applause that snow song. don't applaud Modern pop songs because they're all trash you know, What happened to inspired Ballads, you know
8: Sandhurst machinery Have everything you're looking for
1: like
8: power tools you need to find So you can
1: cut, hammer, sand, sword, drill, When you need a choice
8: <laughs> from every brand And experts there to lend a hand You know, Sandhurst Machinery <laughs> Have
5: everything you're looking for oh, Such a banger Yeah <laughs> <laughs> they, they they played it three times in this sketch That's how good it was
4: Yeah
1: mm. Well, I even tried to reach out to Sandhurst machinery and it doesn't exist anymore. They evolved into something Aww. else and then the yeah. trial went cold oh, So
5: they're no longer in Bath Lane in Bendigo? No, you no
1: It's a very trendy little shopping uh, cafe, plaza type area it looks yeah, like
5: a lot of parlance from the street view. Yeah. I, 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 I had a look.
1: I story.
0: think we all Googled it, didn't we? Yeah. But a few years ago, someone got in touch and, and said they relocated to 166 Littleton Terrace. Um, and there is a very small kind of hardware store there, well, power tool store. Uh, yes, in, 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 in between Bendigo High and
5: an auto barn. Yeah.
3: This is of no real interest on a podcast, but I, I spent a bit of time in Bendigo. So if you want a photo, of the actual location Um, i've I've been past a few times so you didn't go in well there's nothing it's just hipster cafes it's a trendy laneway now but yeah yeah, it's it's in the middle of town i thought it would have been you know out on some industrial estate but it's it's right in the center of bendigo Mm. um so yeah so if anyone wants a photo of me standing at 24 (laughs) bath lane (laughs) <laughs> I can oh, get, ab-
7: get, your, get yourself a turmeric latte and a protein bowl while you're there.
3: <laughs> it's actually... <laughs> oh. I think it's near like the Dimmicks or something. That's why I've been past. But, yeah, it's all those laneways now in Bendigo are very sort of upmarket.
1: Uh, speaking of upmarket, they thought if, maybe if they got a certain artist to kind of polish the Sandhurst machinery jingle, it could be a chart topper. Enter John Farnham.
4: Sandhurst Machina you looking <laughs> for And so forth. <laughs> so
7: great. And, and <laughs> doesn't 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 he inject a kind of raw emotional quality to yeah. to this yeah. jingle? There's yeah. a real yeah, yearning you, 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 to it.
5: You you, yeah. you 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 cut off the, the best bit which is like he seems to sort of punch in the Cut, hammer, sand, saw, drill, grind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh,
8: he's so great, John Farnham. In a way, he's just—it's re- got a really good sense of humour.
1: It's—it's yeah. amazing that they had that little relationship. If I played a little bit more, Glenn Wheatley would have been steaming down my neck for royalties. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the reason this doesn't get on the best bits DVDs. Yeah,
1: mm. I was actually planning on reaching out to Glenn Wheatley and John Farnham, but again. You know, we're, we're, the podcast is too good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whole Cameron Dattoed. Dado Dattoed. Yeah, yeah, Dadoed. Dadoed. yeah.
8: I feel that I need to honour my friends who endlessly talked about Santo and his knitted vests <laughs> for the rest of 1993. So this is the greatest yeah. example of Santo in a knitted vest and uh, –
7: <laughs> I feel like the knitted the knitted vest is like a leftover from the previous week's sketch about him being the oldest member of the late show. You know, yeah. 'cause it, it feels it feels like the kind of thing my dad might have worn. It yeah. yeah. definitely matching the zip up shoes. It was kinda oh, yeah. for
0: us and our friends, myself and, and my friends who kind of like Santo back in the early days, seeing him dressed up as a granddad was really not a good look for
1: us. (laughs) (laughs) I think the thing is he it's over anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, eventually, yes. This is true.
1: And now we go to Tony, who's on stage and he does a bit of a routine. First, he brings out his Nerf bow and arrow.
5: Pure, unrefined Nerf! And you can sue me for
1: that, sir. (laughs) You realise that <laughs> Tony goes on with his routine
3: about
5: James Bond and welcome to Amsterdam. Very topical. I, I will say that this is a very good, solid, uh, honed piece of stand-up from Tony. Really, there's a, there's 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 not a lot of uh, filler in this. Uh, plus, there's also a bit of. Um, Improvisation in there as well with the whole yeah okay. um, nerf criticism. Let's call it
7: the bit that really made me laugh was was the bit about Babette's Feast and oh wow I'm <laughs> on the second course right and ba- <laughs> Babette's Feast was a was a sort of um, foreign art house film in the early nineties which my parents mm. had forced me to go and watch mm-hmm. um, and as a sulky series, I was like, oh I don't want to watch Babette's Feast you know but <laughs> they wanted they wanted to go and they weren't going to put up for a babysitter so off I had to go to babbitt's feast and sit through this actually it was kind of okay babbitt's feast but anyway so i i, I kind of like the idea of like art house pinball machines well, um, was a,
3: it was a joke on the simpsons years later they had a video game of babbitt's feast i don't I think that, it was dinner for andre that's right dinner yeah, for dinner. andre yeah, Tell me more. yeah. <laughs> yes bon mo or whatever it yeah, is. yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, this is such
7: a solid routine. It's, you know, the, the good scissors that, which suggested the presence yeah. of the evil scissors. Mm-hmm. You, you know the routine. But the bit that I really liked as well was, was how he really liked James Bond as a kid and, you know, instead of dressing up as Superman, he got his mum to make him a small tuxedo and, and a little plastic martini and, and then the, the the sort of final line of, you know, of course I got the, the crap kicked out of me at school. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you
8: know. So, yeah, really, really good routine. And Tony does his super hot Scottish accent.
1: Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Amsterdam. <laughs> the next segment is I'm Not Racist, but...
2: I want to say you don't like Asian people. John, uh, look, I'm not racist, but... Correct. You want to say you don't like homosexuals, <laughs> Yvonne? <sighs>
7: Some of my best friends are gay, but... Correct.
2: You want to say you disagree with women
1: becoming priests. Brendan. Hey, I'm all for women's rights, but... Correct. Yeah, this is very... It stands today, especially on social media, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. God,
7: yes. There's some nice kind of 1990s um, game show references here, like, you know, you've got the pick of the board and, you know, you've got the home racist... Is in the centre, <laughs> you know, and, the, you know, and, the and, and all, going on the head. All, all the other people on the border, like neo Nazis,
4: <laughs> <laughs> actual
7: yeah, yeah. So, so it's good fun.
3: I like the way that when they had the home racist, it's like a little kid just to make sure <laughs> no no legal no problems fit, at yeah. all. Yeah.
8: <laughs> and I thought the nice touch at the end was that it was a silent majority production. Yes, the
0: most most chilling part of the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah,
8: particularly because that one gets trotted out so much today by Scary
5: Marrow. I'm also going to pull out my, um, it's not really pedantry, but it's just I noticed that um, Tony Martin gets to voice over a prize that somebody's won, which is a trip to Bali, and it did look like there were a couple of shots recycled from the Gilligan's Island sketch.
8: Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Bali does not Look, that deserted.
5: <laughs> is that? Is that? I mean, it's not really pedantry because there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like I noticed it, and it's a bit nerdy, and I don't know. Is that pedantry? Mm. No. I, I think we need a nerdy. Need a ner- ner- nerdy. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> and oh, one last thing is that uh, this. I'm not racist, but uh, sketch. It really is a good sort of segue into the next sketch that's coming up. Really.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is. <laughs> The Oz Brothers, Gavin and Mm -hmm. Neville Oz. And this one is one of the most iconic ones. And well it introduces the Oz Brothers really. Um, Mm -hmm. and everyone knows this one because it gets quoted a lot, especially uh, about how the country is stuffed, best country in the world. That image that I made for champagnecomedy.com of you know this country stuffed and also on Facebook (laughs) for the Light Show page. Man, the amount of times that comes around full circle. I yeah. tweeted
5: it recently when oh, I forget which U.S. politician uh, was was commenting about Australia and the lockdown laws and all that, and I I I tweeted that image <laughs> about you know the, 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 about the country being stuffed, and you know, but but it's the best country in the world.
8: I love the Oz Brothers, and it's a great little TV series, basically that we're seeing here because it you know how they revisit it. I love that, and I counted the catchphrase well. They're not catchphrases. They're just lines, but they repeat them so often. Mm -hmm. And there's only about six of them. So there's like, uh, it's unbelievable. Um,
5: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. unbelievable.
8: I've had a gutful.
5: What
8: do you mean by Uh, that? You're having a go at me? (laughs) This country's stuffed. Stopped. Best, mind, mind, in mind the world. The best
0: in the world. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and then legend, legend, dead set legend. So I've got a bit of a story about that. Um, one time, I think it must have been ninety three. Um, Merv Hughes and. Um, David Boone were at Southland Shopping Centre and he was David Boone was signing copies of his book but for some reason Merv Hughes was kind of like his support buddy. He was just and the whole thing was they weren't even on centre stage they were just like out the front on a trestle table or like out the front of Angus and Robertson you know opposite the Tatsotto kiosk yeah. and I was like this is amazing I can't believe that David Boone is here I've got to go and buy this book and get him to sign it and when it was my turn, I, I said, could you please sign it? Legend, legend, dead set, legend. <laughs> <laughs> Did and he do it? He looked at me like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to do What is that? <laughs> and but the great thing about it was that Merv absolutely knew what it was and he got it <laughs> and he was coaching David on how to write it because <laughs> he was just going to write legend, dead set. You know, he wasn't going to do it properly. What? And Merv was like, no, it's legend, legend, dead set legend. Do you still have this book? No, shit, no. I've got rid of all that crap. You should have got him to put
7: top bloke, top bloke as well. You got rid of it? This country's stuff. What
0: do you mean by that? <laughs> stuff.
1: Best country in the world. Well, mate, yeah. yeah. I, I, we've got to say that there, there was only one snippet taken out of it because it was a blooper, but. Because we're so used to the best bits special DVD compilation and all that, it's seamless. This is the bit. Uh, oh, I smile with my
2: little eyes something beginning with B. <laughs> Border.
6: Now booty! Boom! Booney
5: Booty. Sorry, I don't know what I was thinking there. <laughs>
2: Okay, I reckon we should get back to our game. Too. What's the matter? Any time you want to stay with a script, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
8: yeah. So what, what did... a shame they deleted that from the best bits because I love that. Yeah, I love that. Santo is just must him, uh messing around with him.
7: There are so many great lines in this sketch, and one of my favourite ones is. Is the bit where they they towards the end where they say, "Well, give us the sign of Boone." And it's like year, grade, century, mate, and they and they kind of like they don't look at yeah, each other and they sort of tap each other. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's like one of the most perfect parodies of a particular type of Australian male who just doesn't want to be viewed as homosexual in any way, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it's all about being as blokey and and as offhand as possible, and they just capture it so perfectly in that line.
8: I, I mean, the whole thing is just a perfect snapshot of a particular type of bloke, you know, like it's like yeah. they've gone down to the cricketer's arms and they've just filmed it because it's like this. the they love, you know, supporting their team and being really like, yeah, this greatest country in the world, but then they're ready for a punch-on in the next 30 seconds. Like, what do you mean? You having to go at me? <laughs> like that is just, wow, That is documentary footage.
5: <laughs> I do wonder what uh, became of that uh, Buddha boon. In the sketch, yeah, who's, who's got yeah. that?
1: Where,
8: where yeah. is it now? what was that made of? How did they, how did they do
1: that? God, be <laughs> that, should, that
7: should have its own room in Acme, shouldn't it? You know, <laughs> it should absolutely <laughs> on 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 the pedestal. You know, facing Lawn <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's where you'll probably find it anywhere in Australia that's facing Launceston
5: <laughs> it just does it of its own accord. <laughs>
0: yeah. what, what about the Scrabble that's only made up of B's, O's, and N's?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: how, how
7: many Scrabble boards yeah. did they have to go through yeah. just to get, well, yeah. get the B's, the O's, and the N's?
0: Apparently, every Scrabble game has two B's, eight O's, and uh, six N's. Um, oh but if you look God. closely, it looks like they've maybe where there's an L, they've kind of changed it into a B, and I think a few of those have, have been kind of. Uh, doctor to make it, save the ABC some money rather than buy multiple (laughs) Scrabble boards, I'd say.
8: There's some really interesting props in the episode at large, actually, like the whole Bob Jones, um, what do you call it, like display boards that they had, Mm. they were all handwritten. That was like some sort of sign writer came in there and did, you know, beautiful kerning.
0: (laughs) No, Tony would love that.
5: (laughs) Maybe it was Tony, (laughs) I doubt it. Yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot of stuff around. Look, it's a very involved kind of set for a four or five-minute sketch. And they
7: only did it once as well. That I mean, if they were intending to do the Oz brothers again, they never did. Yeah,
8: no, they did do another sketch, didn't,
4: did, did they? they? Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah they did. Oh, okay.
8: Oh, that's all right
3: then. I just assumed they went to Mix house and just collected all the empties and brought them around. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: all right, so I found the uh, the, the, the tweet. Uh, it was from Donald Trump Jr. And he said, don't Australia my America. <laughs> oh, God. So there was only one thing that, that, that I could t- quote tweet uh, it with, and that was, yeah, a shot of the Oz brothers and the phrase... You're having a go of me. I'm oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for a
1: toilet
3: break. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. do oh. <laughs> me
5: alone. Leave me alone. Here come the bum
2: notes. Leave me alone. <laughs>
1: Uh, Greg Cutcliffe with Billy Joel's "My Life, oh, in My Life." Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I had a, had a mental blank for a second. Then. Yeah. <laughs> my brain. I mean,
7: uh, after hearing that assault
8: on on audio, <laughs> it's like
1: sorry, you've forgotten just check...
8: all of the Billy Joel repertoire.
7: What?
1: Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I did try to reach I mean... out to Greg Cutcliffe, um, and all I could find was one person on Facebook, which was completely blank. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't get them even though I did put the call out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, uh, look, sorry. you
5: don't need to worry for him because he's all right. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he did say to leave him alone.
0: <laughs> yes.
5: I mean, you know,
7: if, if you're scoring Greg Cutliffe, you'd give him 100% for enthusiasm, wouldn't you? Because he oh, he yeah. really he really goes out there and, and tries to deliver. Unfortunately, he can't sing for shit.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
7: but he's so uh, joyous, isn't he? Yeah he's, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's got
0: his points for earnest enthusiasm. I did notice again on YouTube when you look him up, um, yeah, the, the people there are saying oh, things like, I hate the laugh track. I can decide for myself whether it's funny or not. Oh, God. <laughs> <Go away. laughs> someone else is like, I wonder what Greg's doing now. And then someone has said, hi there. I know this is an old message, but would you have his most recent contact information? I would appreciate it. Thank you.
1: That <laughs> wasn't me. No, we don't. <laughs>
8: what do they want to contact him for? That's fascinating.
1: But again, he just wants to be left alone. <laughs> uh, but Bernard did have his feedback. My
6: notes to you were to learn to sing, but if you're doing it, then you're on the way. Maybe reduce the jiggle a little and get the musicianship. Your final two notes, for instance, were really way off. They drifted off terribly. But I liked your willingness. Little bright face, beaming big smile. 22.
8: Wow, yeah, that has to enough. be the most accurate um, critique that Bernard's ever given, and actually the <laughs> kindest.
5: <laughs> okay, so uh, I thought, uh, considering it's been uh, nine episodes in and we might not remember all of the acts uh, in Potluck, uh, I thought we might go uh, through the leaderboard in reverse order. In eighth place, at um, well, actually, technically not on the leaderboard, uh, because we didn't get a score from uh, Bernard, we've got Kim Wilson. Then last uh, in eighth place on ten points, we've got Krista Kruhl.
4: No, really
5: then uh, equal sixth on fifteen points, we've got David Tai. and uh, he's tied um, on 15 points with Christopher Lopez I'm
4: missing you. <laughs> Then
5: uh, top 5 uh, on fifth place on 16 points we've got the Ellison sisters Then uh, fourth place on 20 points we've got the Spangles in at third on 22 points weird cut clip
4: <laughs>
5: runner up uh, second place on 34 points Alan and Brenda my favourite <laughs> And uh, that leaves on first place with forty points. Everyone's favourite Piffy.
4: Yay!
0: So, so Greg didn't do so bad, all things considered. Seeing as he's come in third.
4: Yeah, Alan and Brenda, (laughs) watch out.
5: (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, thankfully he's not in the same league as, uh, yeah, Christopher, uh, Christopher rather, uh, or uh, Christopher Lopez. And, uh, yeah, Kefi, uh, well, yeah, he's going to be hard to beat, I think. Yeah, not not to foreshadow it too much, but, yeah, him being on 40 points, yeah. All right, now
1: they're on stage with late mail time and now they're claiming that these are real letters, which I assume they are, and ju- but judging by the <laughs> handwriting... <laughs> Can I just read this one? I I won't read the entire thing, but this is Jane's one from Henrietta. That's the first part of it. Yeah,
8: but Matt, don't forget that at that moment, Tony goes, sure.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is is the part that Jane doesn't read out. Dear Jane, first of all, I was interested to note that Tommy G is now wearing a, a wedding wing, and I was wondering whether you and Tom had secretly married. You always <laughs> seemed to get on so well during the countdown days. Remember when you pashed during William Shakespeare's performance? <laughs> and then it goes into the weight loss thing.
5: Uh, you can see the pashing uh, on the on the beanbags as well during William Shakespeare's performance. <laughs> That's season one, episode 12, if you're
1: looking around. So, uh, all the conspiracies that we've been going on in season one about how Jane and Tom and all that, and then Jane and Rob... <laughs> Well, there you go. You weren't the only ones who were doing it.
5: They're <laughs> stoking the fire of the, of the rumour, aren't
1: they? It's probably because the actual fan mail had a lot of that in it. Henrietta asks about what diet is Jane on. Jane reveals that she's on the Nolan Donner Stress and Bourbon Diet.
5: Yeah, well, it, like the, they show like a, a, a newspaper clipping. I'm assuming, well, I'm pretty sure that it would have been printed in jest because the daily eating plan is breakfast nothing, lunch nothing dinner, meat brackets, easy on the margarine close brackets three vegetables in something sauce, I couldn't quite work it out on my uh, uh, dodgy VHS (laughs) Uh, uh, four bourbons and diet coke uh, and then one slice of cake for supper with unlimited quantities of lanchu tea that can be consumed throughout the day you, oh, that's so you.
1: <laughs> oh my god the Next letter Jason reads out And that's a lookalike Because uh, it was inspired for, by last week's one Where Rob looked like the dude from Mr. Mister Now Beck Skipper from Collingwood Thinks that Mick Malloy looks like The guy on the Noise Works Touch album
5: well, at, at least at least a, a stretched out version of him, going by that uh, album cover. Generally, the audience here and at home are, yeah. are not used to seeing
8: Mick. You know that they used to see him as being the, the clean cut, fresh faced, scrubbed up boy <laughs> next door image. But I think if we go ahead about five hours tonight and we go into a gutter and we put it down about oh, here, you're
4: going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to get yourself
1: in trouble. Tony reads out a letter from Diana Corr. From Phone Tree Gully. Yeah, so Diana Cole was complaining about the piss take or pistake or piss <laughs> <laughs> About Cameron Dado's four and a half minutes of shit. And it was all about Hands, hands off
3: our
5: camp Hands off. Okay. Hands <laughs> off. <laughs> I was surprised they didn't do that on the show.
1: It was such an easy callback. Come on. But they do show a time lapse camera of a record stall, which is on the best bits, so and you see Cameron Dato going for the whole handful.
3: I'm pretty sure that was Gaslight Records as well, the the one that used to be at the top of Burke Street across from Job Warehouse.
8: Oh. That used to do nude day.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, <laughs> Melbourne is such a What is that? Wow. <laughs> Gaslight Just used to day, have yeah. a
8: regular day where you you...
5: <laughs> I don't actually know. I never went. <laughs> I mean, like, just assuming from the title, I would assume that they just block out the windows and you can go in there Mickey new, I'm assuming. Well, I, actually, now
8: I don't know the logistics. Like, clearly the staff were nude. That was a given. But if you wanted to shop there, did you have to go in and then strip off and also be nude?
3: I don't no know. No idea. They also had talk to
8: like a pirate day, so they were, you know, it was varied. Now <laughs> I also... hope they put towels down. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, now, also, uh, did you notice the the P.S. that was on uh, Diana's letter there? Uh, P.S., what's happened to that sexy John Harrison who used to be in the oh. show? Oh,
8: <laughs> after my own heart. That? Actually, I wrote
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Time for Graham and the Colonel. And straight up, it's all about the cricket. And Australian cricket team won the Ashes, celebrating by shaking a bottle of champagne. F1 does it
5: too, as well as the pipe being elected. All that trouble for a five-second gag oh, uh, I... to get uh, Jason Tom Robbins Tony and Santo, uh, you know, in the, uh, in the, in the papal gear. Um, yeah. Chucking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, we, we, we hear in a moment that it might be Spumanti. <laughs> yes. <You and> <laughs> Only the best stuff for the ABC budget.
1: <laughs> well, this Graham and the Colonel was like last week's last episodes. Uh, Graham and the Colonel, it was just dying. They tried so, so hard with a lot of the jokes.
5: Yeah, like, there's a there's a lot of uh, backtracking over, yeah, such a, a, a silly gag, uh, 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 trying to get the audience on site. There's
1: the commiserations to the English cricket team.
2: Commiserations Graham Gooch, who's just stood down as captain. No, con- commiserations also to Mike Atherton, who's just been elected captain. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: so,
3: quick Graham and the Colonel is really sort of a tough balancing act because I mean a lot of it is sports jokes which don't necessarily play so you've really got to have the the Robin Santo chemistry and the whole thing falling apart to kind of get it over the line and when things are going well it's not as good in a way like yeah, the for more people po- who don't know much about sport you want, and the you want Graham and the Colonel going off the rails
7: imagine if Graham and the Colonel was really really tight like say I don't know weekend update on SNL right you know it, <laughs> it was not be funny was just... at all yeah exactly you know you you don't want like punchy smooth gags you you want it to be a complete mess but but mm-hmm. also you want that complete mess to stay on the side of funny and not not go into genuinely awful and mm-hmm. and they are always on that line and sometimes they fall over the line and sometimes they pull
8: themselves back over the line <laughs> I think sometimes you can see this real you know Robin Santo duo and they they know each other and so when Rob grabs him and goes, and it sort of throws Santo. It's sort of still great chemistry.
5: Well, also a, a product of that chemistry is a bit of the, well, I assume it seemed improvised to me just before um, when uh, Rob asks uh, a question, what other show provides you with Cardinal Spew and spumanti everywhere? This show does. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then Santo comes back with, well, have you seen Mass For You at home? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. this one though uh, which is I think it was a throwback to the syringes type thing this is
2: did you hear did you what's that rattle kernel I heard something when I moved I, just, I can't believe it's
5: anything I've just got what's the... in there in the thermos Yeah, Campbell's chicken soup I don't know. It sounds like there could be a syringe or something. <laughs> it must be very, very chunky. You maybe. There's may be... a bit of a sharp taste in that. <laughs> Poor judgment.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Is that a throwback to like two weeks ago or something? Yeah. Can't remember.
5: Well, no. Well, that that was that was syringes in in Pepsi. So I mean, I assume uh, it might have been something similar. I don't know how you get syringes into cancer. Concentrated chicken (laughs) soup, to be honest, (laughs) but obviously Campbell's worked out how. Mm. Yeah, there's a bit of a pop art to it.
0: Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so they also mentioned about the kernel silence not being used anymore. Someone put helium inside.
5: (laughs) Yeah, it's such a uh, such a dumb gag to end on. Yeah, I think I think I think they just had leftover helium from. from the the Dick Smith interview and decided, <laughs> yeah. well let's let's use it on a similar gag, why don't we? Yeah. yeah,
0: you can see you can see them letting the air out um in the background.
5: Yeah, like the you balloon. can see them holding the helium
1: yeah. tube. <laughs> like, it's, so ridiculous. And closing time, where we have Mick. Who is? Well, they do a comparison with him because he's finally on the couch after disappearing for a little bit as well. Where he does his impression of the Noiseworks album.
2: You can joke all you like, Jane Kennedy, but you know if you had the chance, you'd wake up to that every, <laughs> every morning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, Jane's burn? Yeah. Ooh. yeah. So with that, they do the musical finale. Tony wants Dame Joan Sutherland, but Jane actually got Donny Sutherland <laughs> uh, performing. Ta-re-do,
4: ta-re-do,
7: ta-re-do, ta-re-do point of pedantry here pedantry now isn't the song toreador actually for a male voice and in which case Joan Sutherland would never have sung that anyway oh, yeah right yeah. on yeah
4: which,
7: which I, don't, I don't really care about that fact but but you know because <laughs> yeah. the whole joke is it's a bloke who can't sing opera singing opera that's the joke but yeah just to throw in that point of pedantry but also can someone tell me what the reference is to the roller door
8: Oh, you know, um, down the that used door. to be the roller door ad. And did he do the roller door ad? I can't.
5: Yeah. Uh, that was my the
8: roller door ad had that Carmen song.
5: Yeah. Roller door. as a clock. The door with the centre lift loft. Yeah. <laughs> centre lift lock, rather. I, I, I only I it's, it's no Sandhurst Machinery. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I only slightly remember the reference because... Um, my late mother was a member of uh, a hospital review society, the, the Queen Elizabeth Hospital Review Society. If anybody remembers it out there in, in SA, um, and one of their um, uh, parodies was of the, the the roller door ads, except it was for condoms. So, <laughs> so, so the so the song went: um, "Dependable as a clock, roll it on like a sock." Uh, nice. <laughs> After that, there was
1: no audience solicit. Well, on our Sorry, my copy of the VHS didn't respond. Mm.
0: My, 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 my neither. No, I was in Sydney, so I didn't. Yeah, have it. I
1: in well, in, in Adelaide,
7: we never saw it, of course. Mm. Yeah,
1: so. I'm looking at you, Tony in Peru.
7: <laughs> no,
8: I don't have my uh, old copy out. anymore. I've
7: mm. got oh, your
3: my, copy. I was jamming as many episodes as I could onto each tape, so bits were cut off the end all the time. Mm.
8: I remember my tapes used to have drop the dead donkey on the end of them for some reason. They must have, like, I don't know why. That must have been on Monday nights or something.
1: So, Daniel, was there any Easter eggs in the credits? It
5: turns out for this episode, uh, yeah, there, there was. Because uh, they've, yeah, they've been really thin on the ground uh, in season two um, ever since they got rid of the um, Michael Hirsch joke credit. Um, so uh, the special guests were uh, Cameron Daddo, John Farnham, and Donnie Sutherland, uh, along with John Flaus, Pat Lorry, Bill Laurie, Monty Maisels, uh, and uh, James McRae, um, who I think we're all in the desk kicking in power sketch, and uh, Myrtle Woods, uh, who uh, yeah, suffered her fate at the hands of uh, Bob Jones. <laughs> um, now, uh, there was also a thanks to ABC News, probably for the news desk footage, and also lethal lines from Darren Arnie Barrows. So, uh, yeah, that's probably uh, the bloke that was uh, copying all the abuse about the snapper rod. And then um, under makeup uh, was uh, Linda Washburn and Steve Claude, and they, uh, the, the cast snuck in a bon voyage and thanks in brackets. Uh, near their names so I don't know whether both of them were going or just one of them but um, you know, I suppose we'll find out next
1: episode really well that's it for episode 29 of the Champagne Comedy Podcast as well as the ending of season 2 episode 9 Late Show but also this this episode this podcast is the final episode for 2021 so we're finishing up for the year
4: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: because now COVID has kind of lifted the restrictions and stuff so we've got a bit of freedom plus um, yeah, we, we want to go outside and get some vitamin D um, <laughs> no, so, uh, but we will be back next year so we're still continuing on it's just we're done for this moment uh, but please stay subscribed because there will be some extra special bits and pieces that will be released so if you unsubscribe you're going to miss out on some goods trust me but this is the last episode for the year for a recap episode we will return in 2022 so Yeah,
5: there's, there's still 11 episodes for us to do, and I really want to
1: do them. <laughs> oh, indeed. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff that is coming up, so I'm looking forward to it. So please feel free to shoot us an email, uh, champagnelateshow at gmail.com, twitter at tlschampagne, website champagnecomedy.com, facebook late show or search for champagne comedy podcast group on facebook it's on private but answer the three shitty questions and you're in also (laughs) we did put in an entry at the beginning of this episode you may have heard that message from a certain yes kim do you want to explain oh yes that's my my
0: daughter audrey (laughs) encouraging everyone to vote for us as a listener's choice award category for the australian podcast awards so there you go vote for
5: uh, do it for audrey Yes. Yes. Do
0: yeah. yeah, do it,
7: Audrey. Yeah, do it. Do it for the future generation of late show fans. Yes. <laughs> that's
1: right. So we spent our hard earned money to get our entry in. We did put ourselves up for three nominations, but we didn't get anywhere with it. Um, now we have to live off the Nolan and Her stress and bourbon diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: what, would we have to start living off that? That I've been doing that for months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, please vote for us. We'll provide a link um, as well. Yeah, Australian podcast slash vote. Uh, you have until November 28, I think 2021 to vote. Look up champagne comedy podcast. It's really not hard to find us on that. So any vote will be greatly appreciated. So mm. let's uh, finish this up for 2021. My name is Matt. I just want to say thank you so much, Alison, Daniel, Kim, Prue, and Tony, as well as all the guests who have been on. There's too many to rattle off, but, yeah, they're all there. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and wasting your Saturday night to talk about
5: The Late Show. Oh, It's been really good, and, uh, yeah, can't wait to see you all next year.
1: Yay.
0: Yeah, and thanks yep, Matt for all your you efforts too. and all all these audio grabs and the edits that you've done and you spend yeah. all your, your Sunday mornings editing it together to get um, the episode out.
1: Oh, good. You guys have been doing a fantastic job providing the content. So it's, <laughs> otherwise it will be just, I won't go back to episode one of the podcast, shall we? <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much. Have a great time. Catch you in the new year. Stay subscribed. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.